If you're like me during the back-to-school season, your to-do list has a to-do list. Today on Happier Music Teacher, how to maximize your time during back-to-school. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Hey, I just got a really exciting text. We are getting closer to the hard copy version, the paperback on Amazon of Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School. Of course, it's always available on F-flat books, and I hope you will support them in your mission if you want an e-book. But if it doesn't feel like a real book to you unless you hold it in your hands, I really can't wait to share it with you. I'll let you know when it releases. school brings up a lot of feelings for a lot of people of varying things. There's excitement. There's also a little bit of panic because in a short amount of time, real human beings are going to be in your classroom, ready or not. Here's a few ways to maximize your time during back to school. So number one, spend your time on things that are most impactful. There are so many things vying for your time and energy and physical strength during this amount of the year, but they can't all be created equal. This is old born advice of prioritize, but it really is true. If you are going to spend that limited, finite resource, your time, it better be on the things that are most impactful and not even most impactful for the adults in the building, but the things that are most impactful for the people you're preparing for, for the students. Now, that being said, the adults in the building matter and the feedback that you get from the adults in the building matters. So spend the time on the things that are most impactful to them and the students and you, but it can't be everything. Hear me out on this analogy. Have you ever bought something ridiculously cheap at a thrift store or an Amazon cheapie and you get so many compliments on it? And if you divided that number by the amount of compliments you get on it or the amount of times that you wear it, it just seems like such a good value. And conversely, have you ever just blown a lot of money on something you think would just be the thing and five minutes later you're kind of over it? Those are impactful items. So spend your time on things that are most impactful and make it a bargain. No one wants to spend a lot of effort and energy on something that the kids are going to be eh about. So really think this through. You have limited time. What's really going to move the needle for you? Ooh, number two is a good one. And it may feel a little counterintuitive. Depending on the situation, don't email, meet in person. I had a preacher once who said that email is the root of all evil, and he wasn't exactly lying. It is really hard to construe tone in email, and it is really easy to be misunderstood in email, or you spend a lot of time crafting the perfectly worded, gentle email, and it just doesn't work. It flops. Much better, in my estimation, to meet in person if possible. Do a Zoom call, do even a phone call where they can hear the tone of your voice. For anything that's sensitive, uh, anything about calendar, it really does help a lot to just have that eye contact, that sense of voice, instead of just a written word when you're doing those type of meetings. So it might feel like, oh, I'll just shoot off a quick email. Sometimes it's not that quick, and sometimes it's not that effective. So, Okay, number three is one where I just shove in a home thing among the rest of the um, school tips. But as I said before, you don't have a home life and a school life. You have a life. 
If you're one of the last people on the planet to try grocery pickup, I highly recommend it. There are times where you may actually prefer to go in and make your own selections and take your time and be relaxed. Maybe it's a Sunday and you're actually kind of hanging out with your family under the guise of grocery shopping. This is not that. This is survival. This is getting your family fed. This is not having to load your own groceries. This is keeping you from the temptations. I actually had my son put the order in this week. It worked out okay this time. Sometimes you add some extra things. So if you have not chosen it, Think about grocery pickup. I use the Walmart one. You can use whatever is convenient for you, but it is a game changer for me in terms of time and money. Number four, their time sucks for a reason, online shopping and social media, which are both so dangerous this time of year. You'll get on social media and you'll see that cute classroom display that you have to have and you'll start feeling crummy about what you have going on. Or you'll think that you're not prepared because you haven't bought enough things. You'll get on Amazon and think you have to buy everything for your classroom to be ready for your students. And that's just simply not the case. I have saw someone lately who was talking about de-influencing music teachers, where it was things that you don't actually need to buy to make it work in your classroom. Get that mindset just early on. Do I need to buy this? And if possible, now at the Walmarts the other night, I did buy a pack of eight animal masks, for, I think for 50 cents. Now in my world, that is a win. But a constant steady stream of money flowing out of your pocketbook just because it fits the school theme, just because you can, everything has an opportunity cost, and that online shopping is adding up, the social media is adding up, and I'm guilty just as much, so I'm definitely not throwing stones here. But for a lot of us, we have a big hole in the bucket of our time, and that is online shopping, mostly Amazon, let's call a spade a spade, right? And also our social media feed. Number five, I must have heard the tale of the marigold and the walnut tree at least twice this school year. If you haven't, you can look it up. It's on the Cold of Pedagogy website. The way I like to think of it is energy vampires, and that's actually a John Gordon concept. Limit your time around energy vampires. Not that you have me on your campus, but if you did, you're naturally going to notice who is a little bit more mopey and who is a little bit more high energy, and no one can be everything all the time. Not saying that one bit. But I had the biggest compliment this week, and it really made me feel good. Someone new I met called me a sunshine person, and also a little quirky. And I, I hope she nailed it. When you find someone who is an energy vampire, you're going to be in the conversation with them and automatically feel a little deflated. Maybe they're complaining. They're always complaining. Maybe they are gossiping. They're always gossiping. Maybe they are negative. They're always negative. And you go, you've got yourself pumped up. You've done all the right things during the day to protect your energy. And then a few minutes with them and you are just deflated. You don't have to be rude, but as much as you can, limit the interactions with the energy vampires and seek out the sunshine people. They are there on your campus. They are probably a little quirky like me. That part can even be annoying to you, but seek them out. It really does give you a boost, and it's a much better use of your time than trying to recover from an energy vampire. No thank you. Number six is batching. So all you're going to do there is just put like with like for tasks. Now, sometimes you can change tasks if you just need to change the scenery. You want to do something physically active instead of mentally taxing or vice versa. Totally okay. But what I find myself doing, especially when I'm overwhelmed, is I just flit from task to task in my room without making a real big dent in any of it. Instead, put the like with the like. If you're working on paperwork, sit down at one time and knock out as much paperwork or something that's similar at one time. 
If I'm doing something physical, have a plan and then knock all of that out once time. I've heard it described by my friend Krista Hutchins as analogous to baking a batch of cookies. It's really not smart and efficient to heat up your oven for one cookie and bake it individually. We never do that. You make a batch. You make a dozen or even a couple dozen at a time. Same with your tasks. Doing that helps you be more focused and also more efficient. Number seven, pay yourself first. I think you've heard this on this one before, but it's so important to me. This morning, literally, I had the opportunity to go for my walk before it was hot. I had the opportunity to read my Bible before I left for school. If I had waited until I felt like it or waited until I came home, they really would have been very last on my list and I would have been very last on my list. Instead, y'all are the last on my list tonight with the podcast. Um, It's really important to pay yourself first. And I don't even mean in a selfish way. I just mean if something is important to you, like your physical health, like your spiritual health, that doesn't need to go on pause for the back to school year. Because if you start that habit now, you'll look up and it's going to be past Christmas break and you haven't taken care of yourself for several months. So even if you have to bump other things, even if other things don't get done, pay yourself first. You are worth it. Number eight, I think there's a matrix, maybe the Eisenhower matrix, where they talk about different combinations of unimportant, important, urgent, all that. Focus on the urgent, important. Now, there is no shortage of that at the beginning of the year. You're going to have a lot of things piled on you because we're all at the beginning of the year trying to get everything squared away. And that involves some collaboration with each other and some communication. But out of all those tasks... Some are both urgent, they are time sensitive, i.e. real humans coming in your room real soon, and important, it matters for your job, it's not just fluff, it's a must do, not just a nice to do. Now, there are things that are urgent, but not important. There are things that are important, but not urgent. You can't kick everything down the can indefinitely, but definitely as you're prioritizing, think about what is urgent. And important on a deadline for what you have to do before back to school. If you're honest with yourself, some things will bubble to the top of your mind. Even if you've been wanting to avoid them, dig in there and get them done. And finally, number nine, I had to look this up. This is from Eric Rule, Rotation of Neglect. So this is from a comment he put on the Happier Music Teachers Facebook page regarding another podcast. And he said, the discussion of seasons reminded him of something a percussionist once told him about. And as a woodwind specialist dealing with multiple instruments, he's a doubler, it has become a mantra, the rotation of neglect. You cannot do everything all the time. What I love about this is you're taking your power back. Instead of beating yourself up about not being able to do everything at one time, you're choosing to neglect certain things. Now, not your family not your health, and there are things at school that have to be done and at a level of excellence. But you can choose to do something not now and back burner it. It's still very important, but you're going to neglect it for a time so you can do the urgent important and then come back around to it. So to recap how to maximize your time during back to school, that all-important currency that we're all short on right now. Number one, spend your time on the things that are most impactful. Number two, Choose maybe not to email, but instead meet in person. It feels a little counterintuitive, but I think there's a payoff there. Number three, if you haven't already, utilize grocery pickup. Number four, watch those time sucks with online shopping and social media. No judgment here. I struggle there. Number five, limit those energy vampires. You don't have to tell them. Find the sunshine people. And if you can't find them, be them. Number six is batching. Put the like with like for your task and see if that will help you focus. Number seven, pay yourself first in all matters, including during the school year. You don't get a pass just because it's back to school. 
Number eight, you're going to focus on the urgent and important. If you don't know, go through your to-do list or have a friend go through your to-do list to help you prioritize what really is the urgent and important. Not everything is equally important, even though everyone will tell you that it is. And nine, the rotation of neglect or planned neglect, where it's not procrastinating, or it kind of is, but you're choosing to neglect something for a season, for a short amount of time, and that you know you will come back to it later on purpose because you can't do everything all at once. I hope this helps you. I hope you have an awesome back to school. Take care. Today's Mindset Minute is a saying, if you can't get out of it, get into it. Like many pieces of wisdom, it's attributed to a lot of people. It was brought to my attention by Gretchen Rubin, who is one of my podcasting and writing heroes, and she's just a wise human being in general. The school day is going to give you a lot of opportunities to practice. If you can't get out of it, get into it. Not all parts of our job are created equal in what we enjoy, and even from person to person, there are parts of the job that I might enjoy that you don't, and vice versa. So if there's anything to be said, you are there anyway. Some things we don't have a choice about. You might be thinking about some paperwork or duty or the more difficult physical or mental parts of the job, just the parts that drag you down a little bit. If you can't get out of it, you can't delegate it. It's your burden to carry. You know you need to do it. I'm going to encourage you to get into it. Put a smile on your face. It's going to have to happen whether you have a good attitude or not. Might as well have a good attitude about it. I'm preaching to the choir with myself. Hey, one of the biggest perks of our job is we get our steps in. Imagine having a sedentary job all day. Not us. This week's verse of the day, Proverbs 16.9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I'd like to take a minute to thank everyone who took the time to rate and review the podcast for me last week. It means so much to a new podcast as it's launching. I'd like to share one of my favorites today. This is from Drew Christina. She gave it five stars. Thank you, Drew. An amazing resource for music teacher burnout. She is so helpful, and especially at the end of the year, it is so nice to have someone helping you help you. I love that there's a podcast that music teachers can finally feel heard and seen for all the stressors they face. I think all music teachers would benefit from this podcast. Okay, bonus tip here to get you pumped up for the school year. Do you have a good walkout song? We did this in a PD. I thought it was so fun and so fresh. So you can change yours all the time, but think about that song that really gets you pumped up. Maybe it's during your workout, or maybe it's something you play before you have a performance with your group. Whatever it is, search your Spotify or however you listen to your music for a good walkout song. Oh, and spoiler, mine was Superstar by the Carpenters. I am hopelessly uncool. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.